Welcome back, everyone, to uh, welcome back. What is what is this? Don't get, don't be afraid. Sit back down, my man. This what is this? What's it look like? Making his way. It looks like a half man, half beast. Hey, bingo! Sixty-four thousand dollar question is answered, ladies and gentlemen. Pounds. Half man, half beast. What is the a half man, half beast? What do you call him, Mantar? Mantar, that's right. Baltimore, Maryland, weighing 214 pounds. Obviously, this individual uh, attempting to intimidate his opponent, Walter, Walter Slow. Is that his name, Slow? Well, that's how it's spelled, S-L-O-W. A number of uh, unusual, of slow. <laughs> unusual names and uh, unusual looking athletes here in this Mantar. Speaking of unusual looking, Mantar. Trying to wait a whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Horror like gimmicks have always been the thing in wrestling. Absolutely. I was thinking about like the uh abandon Abaddon. Abaddon, yeah. Abaddon currently in uh, AW. Oh yeah. Now yeah. they can commit to all the special effects, but yeah, it's it's been something that's always been there, right? Yeah. You know, the stumpers, the Mongolian stumpers, and then you can even get into the seventies with George the Animal Steel. Was or... he a monster? Was he a horror gimmick? I guess Maybe he was terrifying to folks in the 80s? Yeah. He's kind of, he seems kind of fun now. Oh, yeah. No, he was definitely, after they gave him the, the uh, it was called Mine, they gave him the, uh, basically the Alexa Bliss gimmick of just like a stuffed animal, which is basically a teddy bear version of himself with a shaved beard and a bald spot and a green tongue. I don't remember that. But back, all. dude, in the 70s, my grandmother used to scream at the TV so much in Spanish with George the Animal Steel because he basically, he wouldn't bite the people. But he would bite the turnbuckle and just like to shreds like he was just a wild animal. So I think at for that time, you know, it was very much almost like the universal monsters of just like, yeah, this is maybe scary. It wouldn't be scary now. And I think in the 80s, it started to be less scary. And then they did the Beauty and the Beast gimmick with uh, George the Animal Steel versus Macho Man. What about Undertaker? Is that a horror gimmick? A hundred percent. Yeah, Undertaker is probably the number one most famous horror gimmick that he started off that it was just going to be strictly horror and then he's stuck to that gimmick the you know for other than his little gap of like the american badass undertaker dead man walking you know he was the biker but for the most part after that he stuck to the supernatural undertaker gimmick but the guy in mark calloway pretty much was like supernatural in his own way you know because he literally lived that gimmick and somehow survived in this business for 30 something years and just kept going that is supernatural in its own way i mean shattered orbital bones and getting knocked on his head and breaking all these and he just kept going that was supernatural but in the beginning people were scared of the undertaker man they were just like legit scared of this guy and i had a man i should have brought my vhs of you know i got to work in mexico as my my horror gimmick was Jason the 13th. We talked about that before. You know, copyright infringement. Be damned. We were going to get Did that. Did you come up with that gimmick yourself? No, no. I was, I was anointed that gimmick because I was basically going to wrestle in Mexico with no mask. And they're like, hmm, yeah, I don't know. If you're you're going to need some kind of mask. And that was that promoter that we talked about in our video. It was just like, he's the one that anointed me that and had me some really gassy, oily smelling overalls. <laughs> and like the first hockey mask was like legit, just one of those that you put over your face. And that one sucked. And then they got me the legit hockey mask that you pulled over your head. Yeah. And that one, like you can take chair shots. And believe it or not, I had to tape that thing on and I only got hit 
It only got knocked off once, and it was literally like a horror movie because there was a chair shot to the face, and it literally dramatically went. It was so sweaty, it just went flying off, and the locker room cleared out and covered my face, you know, but that was like for shoot. But, dude, the kids were terrified of me, like terrified. Did of you me. have music? Yeah. You know what I did? I used to, you know, fun fact, I used to work at Toys R Us, right? And they actually had a little cassette taped, and it was called Spooky Sounds. <laughs> I, I swear I think I had that tape. <laughs> it was just Spooky Sounds. So literally all I do was like, we have any music? And I would just give them the Spooky Sounds <laughs> gimmick that I stole from uh, Toys R Us. Sorry, Toys R Us. I apologize. I only stole two things. It's probably I why they went bankrupt. Yeah, thanks. That was just like me. I was like, it was me all along, Austin. JJ knows what's up with that. But yeah, I stole Spooky Sounds and I stole the Jetsons meet the Flintstones on VHS. You know, but I was a broke kid. I just thought, why the hell not? But dude, they were scared. And another fun story, when I was traveling as Jason, this was before 9-11, before TSA was a thing, I traveled with a meat hook because I didn't have a machete. <laughs> so I, and they always taught you carry all your stuff on your carry-on bag. So I literally had my hockey mask, these smelly overalls, and a meat hook. And one time, <laughs> of course, they picked me for the random bag search. And I was like, zzz, zzz, zzz. like, what the hell is this crap? <laughs> and then the promoter had to come and talk to him, just like explain that I was like, oh, he's a wrestler. Don't worry about it. But I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to get arrested because of this gimmick. But, dude, kids love that gimmick, especially in Mexico, man. They loved being scared of that gimmick. Yeah, I mean, kids are scared of that mask by yeah. that point. And I, was, it. and I was trying like, to... Do even if, like, speak Spanish, you know, like, people speak Spanish, they knew Jason. Oh, yeah. Yep. They just, they knew, and it was just like, it was just... So it worked really well. I mean, it got me a lot of bookings, and I got to travel around Mexico a lot just because of that gimmick. But, you know, horror, horror gimmicks work, man. It's just like, how many gimmicks did Kane go through before he actually landed on Kane and he just got that Undertaker rub. I mean, he was fake Diesel, right? And then he was Isaac Yankum, DDS, the dentist with bad teeth. And then all of a sudden, he, he's Kane and he's over like Rover. And he stayed over for the rest of his career as Kane. And people in the beginning, dude, people were scared, scared shitless of him, right? And they did a great carry gimmick one time with Stone Cold when he was fighting The Undertaker. Ironic, he's fighting him on the famous night of the King of the Ring of Mankind versus Undertaker. The main event that night was actually Stone Cold versus Kane. And they did a gimmick where Stone Cold was in the middle of the ring. Kane came out and did the gimmick with his hands. And instead of fire exploding, blood fell from the top, just like carry, and just like splashed the ring. You know, and back then people, and this was 98, right? But... I think horror movie gimmicks are working a little bit less, but then again, maybe they're not, dude, because the brood is still over. Their entrance was great, and as you can see, when Edge came back and he did his you know, homage to the brood, people popped big. And then the Wyatt family, I would, you know, obviously that's a horror movie gimmick, and that works really well, too. Is there any currently, though, um, that you can think of that are working? Hmm. Weird beer. Uh, I mean, Abaddon is the closest that you would have. Uh, no, no, not really. I, I know Sammy Callahan is almost like a, the torture porn wrestling gimmick. But even then, I think, I don't think they really embraced it. Um, I guess, yeah, like JJ said, Malachi Black. 
I guess that's working really well. And I would argue that that's a horror gimmick. Yeah. At least he's heading in that direction yeah. with the eye, you know. So I think that one's working. But he's still now you got to like fine. You're going to be a scary gimmick, but you have to know how to work too. You're not just going to be able to w- walk out there and like sit up like the Undertaker. But where's the line, right? Because if you're a horror gimmick, I feel like you're automatically a heel. So if the cr- what if the crowd the crowd likes you, you become a babyface. Because <laughs> I feel that's what's happening to Malachi Black right now. I think the crowd wants to cheer for him. Oh no, he's over. He's he was almost like a fast forward version of the Undertaker, where eventually they started cheering for the Undertaker, right? And that works so well. I mean, I remember when they did the turn where Jake basically slammed the Undertaker's hand in the coffin, and that was like the official turn. And then he wrestled Jake at you know, who in a weird way that he was kind of a sadistic horror movie gimmick. But I think that's happening with Malachi Black too in Fast Forward, and he just happened to work with Cody, you know, who's probably on the verge of a heel turn. But, you know, I think Malachi, people want to cheer for him. You know, I think he's just really over, and he has the potential. I, I think that his finisher, that kick, is so cool. I think. Oh he's yeah, just, it's like they're, they're gonna want. I mean, people are gonna want to cheer for that when he does it. Yeah, there's because no. it's smooth, it's clean. There's just it, it's all about the presentation, right? I mean, think about did Bray Wyatt ever get booed? Like even when he came out, people were popping for him. You know, and the sheep mask. How over was the sheep mask with Eric Rowan? And then like. You know, the whole crowd singing, you know, he's got the whole world in his hands and then the fireflies. I mean, he was a horror gimmick and dude, he got over instantly with it, you know, and he was a playoff of Waylon Mercy, which was Dan Spivey. You know, that's where, uh, you know, I think that was uh, an homage to that gimmick, which didn't get over when it should have. And it might have been before the time, but basically Dan Spivey was uh, the Cape Fear Robert De Niro character called Waylon Mercy. Ah, and I okay. think that's where Bray Wyatt took that inspiration from. And actually, Dan Spivey helped him hone that gimmick, you know, and gave him a lot of the best stuff of Waylon Mercy. But Waylon Mercy was awesome. You know, and I think that and Bray just embraced it, you know, and, and just ran with it. So when inevitably he shows up in on AEW with whatever renamed, he's going to have that vibe. And there's no... He, they're going to want to make him a heel, but they're not going to boo him because he's going he's gonna to have that Malachi problem that he's just going to be way over. And does that say something about society now? It's just like automatically like horror movie gimmicks are like baby faces right out of the gate. I mean, we're living through the collapse of the modern world. So yeah. I feel like people are like, yeah. <laughs> and I think just people appreciate the presentation. I mean, think of the boogeyman. I'm the boogeyman and I'm coming to get you. I mean, that dude was a, like, he was an older guy, but his presentation was really well. And I don't know if those were gimmicked worms, to be honest or not. He was Wait, eating what like, worms? He would eat worms. He would get the handful of worms and he would put them in his mouth. And That's not to be gimmicked worms. Were they moving? They were moving, dude. And I don't know if this guy just like legit liked to eat worms, but he still gets work as the boogeyman. And uh, like, I don't, honestly, I don't even know if I've ever seen a boogeyman match. But, like, anytime they do a, a segment in the locker room and they have, like, legends and stuff, Boogeyman still manages to show up. The most memorable thing I know about Boogeyman is just he's the reason why uh, Santino Morello got the shit slapped out of him by Jim Cornette because he wasn't selling the Boogeyman as scary and Jim Cornette slapped him. Which, that's a crazy guy to slap, dude, because he's like a legit shooter judo guy. <laughs> I like, know, and they had him in the stupidest gimmicks. Yeah. But he was like a legit shooter, so for him to slap it, 
Anyway, that's the only reason I even know the boogeyman. But I mean, he was basically a modern day Papa Shango, you know. And you remember all the Papa Shango stuff, right? I, I think legit wrestling fans hated that gimmick because you had the ultimate warrior. You know, he was coughing. He was wearing a jacket for the first time ever. And he'd start coughing up the black goo like Alexa Bliss was doing. And I don't think people really appreciated that. But I mean, it, it had a great look, dude. If you were a fan of Live and Let Die, you know, the James Bond movie that had the actor who was the 7-Up spokesman. That's all I know him from before that. He had that same painted skull look. Papa Shango had a great presentation. But I, he just didn't get over. But, I mean, he's close to get over. I mean, he did that gimmick. With, that was the return of the Ultimate Warrior with him. Uh, and he was, it was him and Sid Justice with Hogan and uh, Warrior's return at WrestleMania. But, like, he didn't stay over. And then eventually he became... Uh, Kama, he was like a UFC shooter, and then he didn't get over, and then he was the Godfather, and then now that's all you know him is right. You know, you just know him. As oh, the it Godfather. was the Godfather. The Godfather was Papa Shango. I actually no wrestled way. with him in Dallas. Uh, when I wrestled with him in Dallas at the Sportatorium, he was a Soul Taker, which is basically like Papa Shango Beta, <laughs> beta the Beta <laughs> version of testing it out, and then WWE really enhanced it. But it had a great presentation and a great look. Uh, but there's some that didn't really have any. Uh, you have any memorable ones that you can think of? Like I'm trying to think gimmicks? of like bad ones. <laughs> oh, dude, there's plenty of bad. What ones. What are some bad ones, dude? Remember in Memphis wrestling, they had a combination of. They did a lot of mummies, like fake mummies. Uh, when ECW got rebranded by WWE, and they ha- they showed up on the Sci-Fi, the first match was the Sandman versus the Zombie, and it was just like a legit bad zombie and that was when everyone's like this was the first match of ecw is like a curse that this match but that was really bad uh another yeah, one what can you do in as, as a zombie you oh know, just move, get the moving slow yeah just you get the really sh- do anything. you got the shit beat out of you with a kendo stick by sandman <laughs> and then just like the dust flew because he was a zombie yeah and then but then the zombie's not selling it because he's a zombie right yeah that made it really bad it was it was not good i mean obviously it worked in a way that it was memorable but it wasn't good uh Memphis, Memphis Wrestling, Jerry the King Lawler did a mashup of a Halloween. This was before Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas of, is it a Halloween movie or is it a Christmas movie? He did one called The Christmas Creature. And he would hint that it might have been Sid Vicious just to try to work people in there. But it was basically a guy who was just completely covered in Christmas garland. And you couldn't see it and it looked like Swamp Thing. I've never heard that. <laughs> and he called, and it was called the Christmas creature. And Jerry Lawler's like, "I'm going to fight him. Uh, it might be Sid. I don't know, but you know, we'll go out there and see it." I mean, that one was pretty bad. What were your feelings? Uh, we just talked about Canyon. I mean, uh, what were your feelings of Mortis? Mortis, uh, the Blood Run Cold gimmick of Glacier. You know, the Mortal Kombat versus Mortis, and then Adam Bomb. You know, the wrestler was actually Wrath. Uh, and they were with uh, Ke- Dr. What was his name? Mitchell. Kevin Mitchell. I don't, I honestly don't remember, don't remember a whole lot of those. Yeah. I mean, I remember Mortis. I always felt he was just sort of a spin off Mortal Kombat character, though, that they just kind of made up. Yeah, that, that's exactly 100% what they did. They were trying to capitalize on that. But I could be argued that that was a, a, a horror gimmick. And Canyon made it work, you know, because people remember. Uh, but let's, uh, he did a lot better. When he became a member of the Ravens flock. What about me? 
What about Raven? I think that was a great horror type gimmick because it was more like uh it was 90s grunge but it's just like he had his flock and he had these followers and he was like charles manson meets you know nirvana type thing you know and he came out to uh got to keep him well that was that was 90s and after the waco thing so it was sort of that cult yeah exactly cult that cult stuff air. but man he got so many people over with that you know he was great and he made it transfer well to WCW, but it didn't transfer as well to WWE just because WWE is WWE, but it did really well. I mean, I thought he was great, you know, and he was just like, he haunted and got, got into your past and got in Tommy Dreamer's head and, you know, I'm going to hook up with Gula McGillicuddy. Remember her? We went to camp together with her. <laughs> I don't remember some of these. You don't now. remember that? Oh, man, that was great. Raven was awesome, and he's a good guy, too. You know, Johnny... Uh, WWE had him as Johnny Polo, and we knew him in Dallas as the Palm Beach heartthrob. Uh, Johnny? No, he was Scotty Flamingo in WCW, but he really, again, didn't really get to where he got until Raven. Yeah. But that was he did some great stuff in there. Uh, there was a vampire, I believe his name was like Kevin Thorne. Uh, that I, I don't know if he was ECW. He was ECW. He was a, he was a vampire uh, that... I don't think that got over as well as uh, The Brood did. Uh, the gimmick with The Brood was great because What's-His-Name had real uh, vampire fangs. He was out of Florida. Who did? Uh, the, the leader of The Brood. You know, that was, remember, Edge? He had, like, his uh, yeah, he had a, yeah, down he, or something? Yeah, he actually replaced his canines with real fangs. And we'll see that in the Luna Vachon episode because he married Luna Vachon and they had, like, a wedding that basically looked like something out of, like, a, uh, you know, a horror con. Uh, but... His, the brood Bunch stuff. Bunch of fat is, guys in black t-shirts, yeah, dressing up as as their favorite <laughs> horror characters. But I, yeah, I I liked the brood, dude. The brood was great because it was just like it was enough time had passed that people didn't realize. There's just like the people who did realize it was an homage to the Lost Boys, mm. and Edge was already kind of like the mysterious guy. But then when they actually him and Christian and they got the long, you know, the Seinfeld shirts with the pirate pirate sleeves and stuff, and they really went and they. That the brood stuff just really worked well for me. I thought that was a very successful horror movie gimmick. Horror movie gimmick. Yeah, I can't really think of ones that really, you know, captivated me or got to me. I don't know. It just seems it's always been a bit of a stretch for me to do a horror gimmick. I think it works live, but on TV, I feel like it doesn't work as well. It's a little tougher. It's a little tougher for sure. I mean, obviously, I think. Undertaker will go down as the most successful successful horror gimmick. Uh, I'm trying to think if they actually had some that did. Well, let's go in the other direction. How about one that worked too well and actually bled fantasy with reality? Who did How that? about Kevin Sullivan as the Satan worshiper? <laughs> right? So Kevin Sullivan in Florida, and he had Chris Benoit's wife, and it was, you know, uh, Nancy Benoit, you know, she who actually died in that tragedy. But here's the scary part about that gimmick, dude. People believed that Kevin Sullivan was a legit Satan worshiper in real life. And there was people calling the police after the Benoit tragedy because there's an underground rumor that, you know, when they did that WCW gimmick of Chris Benoit versus Kevin Sullivan, and he fell in love with Kevin Sullivan's wife, which was woman in real life. And then, you know, what do they call it when fantasy mimics re- reality mimics fantasy? Chris Benoit ended up with Nancy, so he stole her, stole her away 
on paper, but ended up with her in real life. And people were calling the police. It's just like, hey, just so you know, this guy is a Satan worshiper. And people think that he promised he would get revenge when he least expected it. And they suspected that he actually had murdered a Nancy Benoit, murdered uh, Chris Benoit's son, and then murdered Chris Benoit because he said, not only am I going to murder you, I'm going to destroy your reputation so everybody will think that you were the monster. I've never heard this. Dude, dude yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of underground people that really believe that Kevin Sullivan did that and that he did the same thing with sensational Sherry Martell, who was also found in a ho- you know, died at home mysteriously. They think that he did that too. And dude, it's just like he had a Satan worshiper gimmick and it bled over and believed that it was still real that people look at him and just like and they wonder it's just like did he work his gimmick that well well i mean satanic gimmicks or satanic anything yeah satanic movies uh can affect people in a way that um kind of transcends horror you know what i mean yeah you're watching a horror movie and it's like um, oh, it's about ghosts, and I don't believe in ghosts. Oh, but if you see someone's about Satan, they're like kind of yeah, like Satan, oh, right? really? <laughs> yeah, that's a little terrifying. Like I don't know about you, but like when I was a kid, if you had a Ouija board at my house, oh it man, no, no, it's like no, Satanico. get this out of here. Yeah, no, my grandmother was very much like that. It's just like don't even play. He's always watching. He's always listening to me. It's just like anybody that was Latin. Satan was basically like Santa. He's always watching. He's always listening. He's waiting for his gimmick. And you're like, wait, who is he? And why is he watching? And why is he waiting, trying to get me? Yeah. You know, so yeah, the Ouija, Ouija board was pretty much like the portal to Satan. And then Exorcist, there's members of my family that will not watch that movie. Yeah. No matter what. Yep. If it's on, they leave the room. Uh, yeah, there's something about satanic horror that can really, really affect people. Because it kind of like seeps into your belief system. Yeah. Because, you know, you might be, you you might not even be that religious, but there's still a part of you that's like, well, Satan is real, right? And <laughs> yeah. It's like, and then they get the, you know, like JJ said, it's still real to me, you know? So it's just like, ooh, I don't know if you can play that might be a little bit too real. So maybe he played that really well. Have you heard the theory about the exorcist? You know, the exorcist was cursed, like... Some folks died on the first day of production. I did hear. Well, I, I watched. Oh, yeah. Well, you watched that show, Yeah, right? the Curse, Curse Films on Shudder. Okay, and they talk about in that movie about how, um, I mean, they had the Pizuzu piece, right? That was like the main part. They find that little thing. Uh, you know, they're, they're digging in the desert at the beginning. Yep. And they find Pizuzu, but it's like, it's a big statue of Pizuzu. And then that lady's like, the thing is, you would never see a giant Pazuzu statue. Because generally the Pazuzu is like this small. It's a little thing. Yeah, like, it's tiny, right? And it's like the making, the equip, like if you showed that to somebody back then, they would freak the hell out because it's like you just build a nuclear bomb or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> a giant statue of Pazuzu. <laughs> that is terrifying. I mean, and, and anybody who grew up watching any kind of Brady repeats uh, knows that any kind of Tiki, any kind of, character that looked like that and you just give it a little bit of a history yeah don't don't mess with that man you you have any like my grandmother would just cross herself like don't don't play man that's not something to play with uh she again the yeah the exorcist uh and then the poltergeist curse 
Uh, I don't think they've, you know what they're missing? No one's ever done a ghost hunting. Where's Zach Bagan's gimmick? I want to see, like, this is What's the that? Zach Bagan's ghost adventures on, you know, on Travel Channel, right? The Basically the found footage TV show of just, like, going to all the, my name is Zach Bagan's, and I'm going to spend the night in this haunted asylum, and we're going to go in there with all our Ghostbusters equipment. No one's ever done that gimmick. And Zach yeah. Bagan's is famous, dude. He bought, like, the most haunted house in the world he owns that now uh he's that's there's one house that he says swears he got the red marks for on his back and they can't explain it i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of mileage you can get out of a zach bagans gimmick i mean i if you don't make wwe might go a little cheesy and make it ghostbusters you know which we yeah i mean how do. does how does hunting ghosts make you tough yeah <laughs> yeah because you can't i mean are you a ghost puncher Right, a ghost beater. Yes, ghost beater. But yeah, no, I, I think we're missing that. Uh, you know, for every Undertaker, there's a. Do you remember Damien Demento? I don't remember him. You don't remember Damien Demento? I remember Doctor Demento and oh, Fishheads. Oh man, yeah, it was a playoff on that, and he was pretty much like uh, a mix between George the Animal Steel meets the Missing Link. You know, and, and he was on the first uh, Monday Night Raw, I believe. Uh, he was an indie guy, and he got he got his chance in WWE, but it really didn't work. He probably would have did better, you know, because I think WCW really embraced uh, the horror stuff even more so than WWE because they named a pay-per-view called Halloween Havoc, right. and they did a lot of stuff. Because it could be argued that Cactus Jack, you know, if you watched his biography, he that was a horror gimmick, right? Because they're like, you look a lot like Charles Manson, so how about we call you Cactus Jack Manson? You know, and it's just like, I don't want to be this freaking serial killer. But he had some matches with Abdullah the Butcher, right, who can also be argued, you know, that was more of the 70s. And they had the cage match where the only way to win was to put the person in the electric chair. And then it fell on your head, and then you pulled the switch, and then he got electrocuted. Do You never saw that match? I never saw. Like I said, I didn't used to get the pay-per-views. Oh, okay. They, they were, you know, they're always so tight on the pay-per-views. You can't see anything. Oh, dude, you, you got still images. Yeah, you got to watch that, dude. You got to watch Abdullah Butcher in there because they had a thing where I believe they had a, a, a flub where the, the lever that was supposed to bring it down, it actually fell. And I think Booker T had to push it back up and then pull it back down <laughs> to electrocute Abdullah the Butcher, which I think, you know, Abdullah the Butcher, Bruiser Brody, those guys were horror gimmicks without the flash. They were like, oh, my God, this guy. My grandmother's like, no, no, because he had all the cut head, you know, and I go to Puerto Rico and I'd watch it there, and he's like, oh, my, no, don't don't even watch that. He spits, an, you know, he spits ammonia at people. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, he spits ammonia at people, and he's setting people on fire. He's like, that guy's no one. Don't, he's no, don't be messing with him. Don't even watch. <laughs> but, yeah, WCW had their whole thing, but – you know, uh, the giant, you know, Kevin Sullivan basically had his gang of monsters that was coming after Hogan before NWO Hogan, and they signed him. He was still the Incredible Hulk Hogan, and then they got, like, the shark, you know, uh, basically uh, Earthquake from WWE came, and he was like a shark. Uh, they had— He was a shark? Like he was King a shark. shark like yeah, yeah basically, yeah. He was King Shark. Wow, <laughs> I just realized, yeah, he was King Shark. Uh, he would do the dun-dun-dun-dun. He would come to the ring— uh, Bruce Brutus Beefcake painted his face, and he was just called Zodiac. Uh, he just basically got this gang of like horror gimmicks that to go after Hogan, and they did the Triple Tower of Doom, where it was basically a cage match that you had to climb to each layer of the cage, and then somehow you had to end up in the top when it was won. Uh, but yeah, that was they really did embrace that. 
Uh, what is it? Oh, JJ said, anyone remember Mordecai? Yes, Mordecai in WWE. He was around five minutes, but he was supposed to be the opposite of the Undertaker. Yeah, and he was all white, which is just basically... I know there's a whole thing that is just like... Remember in the 70s, they had this thing where they, if you were... Uh, if you were an albino, they had to make you a heel. And now there's a whole thing of just like, you can't be making just because they're not, because remember uh, foul play, right? That was a big thing. Like he was the, what do you mean? What foul play? Foul play, the movie with Chevy Chase. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Remember the albino was a heel. He was going to assassinate the Pope, you know? And that was, I think the last big one that you remember that they would make them the heel. Well, Mordecai was basically the opposite of undertaker. Like he was in all white, and that was the closest. They didn't give him the eye gimmicks and stuff, but he was all white and he didn't last very long, but that was going to be the foe for the Undertaker. You know, because I think, you know, Undertaker gimmick was so successful. They were trying to come up with all these other opposite monsters. It worked with Mankind. You know, Mick Foley, when he came in as Mankind, you know, he was the horror movie gimmick that he'd, he'd play the sad music at the end. He's the only one that had outro music instead of intro music and they would play that soft piano and he, he pulled the hair out of his head. And I remember when I was in the locker room when they were helping to develop the gimmick. And I remember uh, Sean Waltman, X-Pac, saying, oh, fuck, you know what you need to do? You need to get the wire hanger and light it and then scrape it on your head like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But he did pull his hair out. Like he would always pull his hair out on that. And I think that was a really successful horror version. Yeah, Mick good. Foley did it twice. Cactus Jack Manson. And Mankind, he pulled it off twice. But there was also, uh, for every Cactus Jack, Giant Gonzalez, you know, the Bigfoot of WWE. A lot of people would say that wasn't a success, even though he's very memorable because he came out in the, the muscle suit and the fake fur. Yeah, he you had know? the muscle suit that was kind of... Yeah, and he was the one in the Undertaker record that the only one that the Undertaker didn't pin. He actually won by DQ at WrestleMania 9. So I guess it could be argued that that was... Uh, you know, a horror movie gimmick as well. So, dude, I, I don't know. I think wrestling had a love-hate relationship with these horror movie gimmicks. You know, you had zo zombies. Uh, let me see if there's any more that we pull up here. Oh, there's... I hate these sites that I'll say, ah, hit next. I was like, I don't want to hit next. There's a wrestler. I think he's in NXT now. Is it like it's a Gacy or something? And I think he's kind of making it look like he's a little bit of like a serial killer vibe. And then the other guy that just stares, the starving artist, he has a little bit. Remember, because we watched The Wedding and NXT 2.0. And then, like, if anybody shall object to this, because they were having the wedding. If anybody shall object, speak now or forever hold your peace. And everybody raised their hands. And he turned around, and he opened up his jacket, and he had a shiny hatchet. And then everybody slowly put their hands down. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know, I pop big for that. I mean, I still laugh thinking about it. It's just like he definitely had that horror movie gimmick. So, I mean, I don't know that you could do a horror movie horror movie gimmick today that folks would find genuinely terrifying. I think um, it's a different time. And like, like I said, yeah. I don't feel like they work as well on TV, but maybe you could do... I feel like a horror movie gimmick today would be like a guy who like steals your phone. <laughs> and he takes your phone and you can't find it. And he has access to all your stuff. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, I don't know. I might release it. I might not. I mean, yeah, yeah. you got to get to the primal fears and find this is a society that's not very scary. And I think that's what they're Dexter Loomis. That was the guy's name that's on NXT. 
who just does the crazy scare. But yeah, phone stealers, people that identity stealers, like he can just come out as like the hacker and just like, I, I'm going to really steal your stuff. And if you watch it too long and then maybe, maybe they do something where a couple fans, he really steals their identity and then just leaks it on the dark web. And then WWE has to go through like all the trial and then do a release. And like, oh my God, this guy is legit. Yeah. Like how are you going to really scare the society? I mean, people are getting less scared of a lot of this stuff because it's just like the real world is getting a little more scary than the reality, the, the fantasy, right? Yeah. So, so it's making it harder to gimmick, but yeah, I, if I had, if you had any homework, I would say go back and find the Christmas creature for last and go watch Abdullah the butcher get electrocuted. Texas Jack, he thinks Steiner's in there, but it's Abdullah. Texas Jack thought it was Rick Steiner, but Abdullah. My gosh! Think about what he's experiencing. He's getting cooked. And I think he's well done, guys. The ring's even on fire. They use sticks, they use steel. A lot of blood was spilled, and Abdullah felt the power of the chair of torture.